You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. By golly, it is episode 19 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, where we aim to ignite the flame of hobby in all of you, and we cater especially to casual and fluff gamers, and we kind of, I don't know, spit in the eye of competitives whenever we get a chance. All of the competitives in my area know to stay outside of spitting distance, because I'm somewhat like a llama when it comes to that. So, all of you are here, I'm here, we should probably discuss exactly what we are doing tonight and what I have planned for the show. So this, like I said, this is episode 19 and I am going to go over this in no particular order because I like to do that. So the main topic tonight is a real talk with the Pimpcron game store owner confessions and boy is it interesting. So I'm going to play a little clip right here of just a, just to wet your appetite for exactly how this show is going to go. He had brought a bag of dildos in, and now he's getting semi-aggressive. Alright, well, I hope you enjoyed that, because there is more to come in the Real Talk segment of the show. We also have Let's Get Brutal with the Pimpcron, and we discuss my Brutality Skirmish Wargame, and specifically we're covering the first supplement called the Wastes, and we finish up the talk about the Ashlands, which is one of the regions in the Wastes, and it's got some interesting stuff, including an animal that collects ash in its anal glands and blows it as you so it can make a getaway. So you should uh, not miss that. We also have a Tesseract mailbox where I have several people asking me the same question with regards to last episode. So you probably want to get the answer to that. It's neat. And uh, one thing I do like about you guys as an audience is that you guys are pretty interactive. You message me a lot. You message me on Facebook. Uh, For some reason, you avoid that phone number. Oh, my goodness. Please call the phone line. Leave me a voicemail. Tell me your favorite color. Tell me what color uh, shoes you're wearing. I really don't care. Matter of fact, it doesn't even have to be about colors. Just, Just call that number. Otherwise, you guys are really interactive with uh, Patreon and Facebook and pimpcron at gmail.com, and you tell me what you like and what you don't like, and I appreciate that. So, we also have a Want That or Want That Not with Mick Storman, my friend, and we talk about the Lake Townhouse, which is not a new model, you may note, but it is a model we've never covered, and I would tell you how I feel about it, but maybe you should just listen to the segment. We also have a Live from Shorehammer segment of, well, here's an idea, and it's We Love 8th Edition. So despite everybody always complaining and whining and blah, 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 and I miss my templates and blah, 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 really, overall, everybody is pretty darn positive about 8th Edition. So it's a pretty neat discussion, and maybe you should listen to it. Oh, I almost forgot, and there's also some upkeep to do here. So some of you, not all of you, will notice that there was no bumper music in the last episode. Do you know why that is? Because I'm an idiot. That's why. So within uh, an hour or two of the show posting on all of the various uh, podcasts and whatnot programs, I got several messages, um, namely two within just two hours of it posting, and then later on more that day. But they told me, Pimpcron, why don't you have your bumper music? And I was like, oh, 
So <laughs> I uh, looked at the f- file and realized that my bumper music audio track was muted. And it was saved, muted, and exported muted because I'm dumb. So I, uh, I fixed it and I re-uploaded it. But if your podcast player you know, automatically downloads shows, it probably automatically downloaded the very first version of it and not the updated version. So if you go to listen to the last episode now, you should get the updated version unless you have already downloaded the original version, which, you know what, I'm new at this, and uh, even the Pimp Cron can fail occasionally. But you will notice that the bumper music is back and your life is complete. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Well, look at the time. It's time for the Tesseract mailbox. I'm Pimpcron, as always. You are you, the listeners, as always. And let's get into tonight. So, I have had several questions regarding last Real Talk with the Pimpcron, where we were live at Shorehammer, and we had a roundtable discussion about the best and worst codexes at Shorehammer. Well... Any of you were who were there would know that we actually started out with a several topics, a list of topics, and um, I just thought maybe somebody would have an interesting story about their game store. So, Loremaster Alex just chimed in and immediately said something that was quite cringy and, uh, well, fantastical. So, I cut that out for the sake of all of your innocence, and... I have gotten maybe the most response out of that one segment than any other. So let me read a couple messages that I've received, and they were all basically in the same exact vein. Pimpcron, I have to know, what did Alex say at the Shorehammer paddle? Another one is, all right, what did Lore, <laughs> Lore Mister say? I guess that was a speech to text. All right, what did Lore Mister say? Another one is, I died laughing at the Loremaster Alex thing. You have to reveal what he said. And another one said, come on, you can't just lead up to his story and cut it out! Exclamation point. So thank you all for writing in, and it really tickled me to uh, not tell you exactly what he said, because, like I said, it's actually funnier this way than the actual story was, because (laughs) everybody just groaned when he told his story, so... Uh, yeah, let's, let's just not even go down that road. And I'm sure some of you are probably disappointed, but those of you who messaged me, I have already messaged back and alerted you, notified you, something like that, alerted you that I was not going to reveal what he said because it's just really in poor taste. So, um, I'm glad that all of you either got a kick out of it or it is completely irritating you that you don't know exactly what he said, but trust me. It is funnier this way. Anybody that was there could actually tell you that is uh, the case. So now that I've uh, turned all of you down and upset you, I'll just throw in another small comment from a listener. His name is Andy, and he had something extremely nice to say, which absolutely made my day. So he said that he was jonesing for a new Pimpcron episode after the Shorehammer uh, break that we had, that one week that we skipped it. And he says that... Um, I think what I like about your podcast is that you have a similar taste in humor as mine, and you are not all about what wins tournaments. I guess my favorite segment is the want that, want that, not one. I have started to use want that, want that, not in my everyday life. (laughs) 
So I'm glad that we are changing the English language, and I think it's perfectly fine to say you want something not. No, actually, I don't think that at all. Actually, my friends could probably tell you I'm a slight grammar Nazi. Uh, probably not like the the worst in the world, but uh, spelling and grammar and writing have always been very important to me. So I think it's kind of, you know, neat and ironic to intentionally say that phrase wrong. So that's just what it was. And uh, anyway, all right, well, that is, uh, uh, that's it. Thank you all for writing in and uh, trying to pry the answer out of my head. And thank you, Andy, for writing in and saying nice things to us. That is the fuel that keeps this show going. All right, next segment. Want that or want that not? Hey, guys, it's time for Want That or Want That Not with the Pimp Cron, and I'm joined today by Mick Storman. Hello. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. It's all right. You don't know what to do with your hands. It's it an awkward, like, introduction this time. I don't know what it is, but... That's fine. It's Hello. Fine. There's a lot of awkwardness in this podcast. Mm. So I don't, I'm naked right now. <laughs> I noticed it was clammy in here. Well, I, I am drinking know. sangria. Today we wanted to cover a terrain set from Games Workshop, and... Uh, this is, of course, want that or want that not, so we're going to say at the end exactly what we think about it. We are covering the Lake Townhouse for, I believe it's actually for Lord of the Rings, but it's $40, includes a little teeny house and an outhouse and uh, docks and a boat. Mm -hmm. So what is your gut reaction on this? I love it. Um, phenomenal. It's a, I like the wharf. The, um, uh, the personal bias, I love the water. I've been in the water my whole life, and um, I'm glad to see a piece like this. It's... Uh, well done, I think. It's pretty. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's now of course partially it's their paint job. Yeah, it's I so agree. Pretty, Every but, painter's different. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, and forty dollars is not bad at all for this. No, I mean, and I'm 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 a I'm frugal with money, and this this is something I would personally buy myself. And something that I always look for in a train set if I'm going to spend the money on mm -hmm. it, like the little house. Let's admit, there's nothing like super special. Mm -hmm. It's a little mm -hmm. house. I mean, it's a cool little house, yeah, but mm -hmm. it's a little house. But what I look for is if I can get something out of a terrain set that is completely different yes. from anything else. And that boat, being a 28mm boat the size of Warhammer, yep. is awesome. Mm -hmm. And the docks, I don't, I've don't, i never seen docks in any other set before. Like, that's mm -hmm. not something they usually put in stuff. And the little outhouse is cute, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, even look at, look at the do the decking itself. It's it's um, most most uh, terrain, it's, it's, it's like a cookie-cutter Pattern. You can see a pattern in the floor or the terrain. Yeah. This is the, is all random decking. I mean, look at it right now. Not one board is the same. It's not repeated. Yeah. You know, it's repeated patterns usually in like the cobblestone yeah. or in the waters. You see a repeated pattern. But this is this is all random decking on this picture. Even even the um, tile, the missing tile on the roof. Yeah, and actually, I was looking at that. I was trying to decide whether or not they. Did they paint that like that, or is that actually missing tiles? No, I can't good, tell. That is a good point. I don't know if that is or not. But, I mean, even look at the decking, though. Look at the boards, the oh, spacing. Yeah. It's, it's all random. And look, some of them are broken. Yeah, and like, that, that's, that's really, I mean, that little extra, that little extra detail uh, makes it more inviting to play. And honestly, what, I, what excites me about this is that you could use those docks as not docks, but, like, catwalks. Yeah. You know, like you could you could just take the docks if you didn't want to use them as docks. Yeah. And put them like span them between buildings for mm. like Necromunda or Mordheim okay. or Brutality or whatever. And um, 
it's it's pretty awesome and you know there's a, a lake town uh lake townhouse multi-pack which mm-hmm. is also uh and i would buy something like that 100 is 150 yeah that's i would buy something like that that's that's but really cool it's actually five dollars off you know i mean three of these would be 120 and that's mm-hmm. 115 i mean that's that's not bad yeah and um the small details like there's a little um basket with fish right here uh-huh. there's a net there's um like a i'm trying to think what it'd be like a block crane. and tackle yeah, block and tackle mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of neat stuff that goes into this, and um, I don't know, man. I just think for forty dollars, it is not a bad deal at all. No, that's cool. I could definitely see that being a, uh, in a tournament, being like a fish town. Yeah, um, that would be really um, that'd be fun to play on. It would be. Um, in, in a way, it's you could most people can relate because see they see stuff like this where they um, where they live, and it's more um, to me it's it's more entertaining because it's it's something that from my childhood. Um, and it's nostalgia in, in a way. And like I said, it's not something you see anywhere else. Exactly. I mean, there's a million little houses, sure, mm-hmm. but the boat is so cool because you so rarely see boats. Yep. Um, and it sounds stupid. And the oars laying in inside. I mean, it's really well detailed. Pulled up rope. Well done. Yeah, it's it's really pretty. And um, I wonder if you see that like that um, pot and mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know if like you can place it wherever you want or mm-hmm. it's stuck on the thing. But either way, that's it's really cool. So. Is this a want that or want that not for you? I would want it. I would definitely uh, want it. And I agree. Matter of fact, we have some at the local store, some of these boxes. And I, I have been eyeing them. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yep. I've been eyeing them for a long time. Oh, dang on. I didn't know that. Matter of fact, Lord of the Rings has a lot of cool... Now, of course, it's still Games Workshop, but mm-hmm. it's not It's not Warhammer's yeah. Lord of the Rings brand. See, now, like, one of our previous segments we talked about, would other people be cool with us playing different terrain into... Oh, yeah. Their, that... So that's yeah. acceptable, but not miniatures. <laughs> no, not not proxy miniatures. In a lot of cases, uh-huh. a lot of people have a problem. But with proxy that, but... terrain is perfectly fine. Well, because the argument is, is that there's like I don't know, hundreds or thousands of world, like thousands of worlds that mm-hmm. are owned by the Imperium, mm-hmm. and they all, as far as the lore goes, they're all in different states. Like some of them have went back to the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. They've like lost contact with the Imperium or yeah. whatever. Some of them are medieval. Some of them are Industrial yep. Revolution. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely something that you could see on any. But it's, it's the same planet. argument too. With there's so many plants in the galaxy that there's it could be different species and different warriors, yeah, well, different sure. fighters. So I mean, it, it, and their houses would look different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something we just, <laughs> they, just we overlook. Some people are just butthurt, I guess. Yeah, but I. So this is definitely a want that for both. No, of us. the detail is um really well done. I I agree. It's I like it. Yep. All right. So that's want that for both of us. Toodles. Now, here's an idea. On this edition of Well, Here's an Idea, we are with the live audience at Shorehammer, and we're discussing exactly what we love about 8th edition 40K, and a lot of people had a lot of nice things to say. So, despite us being whiny bitches half the time, and us being fanboys the other half, we took a moment to actually be fanboys and explain exactly what we loved about this newest edition of 40K, uh, despite it being somewhat flawed in some aspects. Since since we whined and, and bitched and moaned for uh, 40 minutes, with the last 10 minutes, uh, what do you still love about 8th edition? Because overall, I mean, I like 8th edition a lot more than other editions I've played since 5th. But, of course, there's stuff you're not going to be happy about, but I at least want to end it on a good note and... Overall, I'm okay with 8th edition. I mean, well, I didn't like it when people power gamed in 5th, 6th, or 7th, and I still don't now. So, yeah, I mean, it's... since I mean, since I still have the mic, oh, but... Oh, all the hands went I was, up. I was just... I still got the mic. I'm keeping it. <laughs> Take it from him. 
all of all no 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 Attica Attica I don't know what I'm supposed to yell. Anyway, um this edition's been the funnest I've played since I started playing Warhammer. So all said and done and all the, the complaints of things and like certain things are out of control, but you can still have a close game. You can still have a fun game. And and I think even I think even tactically sometimes you could squeak out a win better in the old days where you're like set up like, oh, stuff's gonna get blown on first turn that I need because vehicles were, were terrible. And this unit's going to run off the board because of fear, which I just said I miss. But <laughs> it's hypocritical. But but some of these ideas that you miss, you want them balanced or looked at better. And they just, I feel like they were like, oh, we're taking out of this. It's kind of a, but it it's leveled the playing field a bit. And, and I find it more fun. And I find that I'm actually playing better than I, I ever have. So that's yeah. that's it. I guess, I guess you can have it. Take it by force. All right. So I actually started playing 40k at the end of tail end of fifth edition. Uh, so I played sixth and seventh, and now eighth edition. And I played Tyranids for uh, those past three editions. So Aww. Tyranids are good this edition. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> is, is anybody else happy that their bundle deals online are actually deals again? Because oh. for like five years, their bundle deal was just we'll send you all the individual things in one box. Yeah. It's one click, but it's the same price. I'm so happy that they brought back actual army deals. I think they finally realized you're not stupid. Yeah, I think exactly. <laughs> because any one of us would go, oh, I wonder if this is a deal, and add them all up and go, oh, no, it's not a deal at all. It's a 0% discount. Oh, but, but you know, I could save like 12 seconds just doing one click. You're right. And isn't time priceless, honestly? So anything else you guys want to add before we close this out? Time's about up. No? So two things very quickly. Getting rid of universal special rules is great because I, I, we used to make the joke, oh, you can tell everybody's playing 40K because they're doing not playing a game and looking at books Yeah. to try and look up yep. shit. And the fact that you can get two in two hours, you can get four rounds. Like, pretty consistently. It's much more streamlined. That, yeah. is, that is wonderful. That, that makes the game good. Also, um, if this isn't really an addition thing, but it's a GW comment, is that, even though I think they might go a little crazy on FAQs and, and, and all of that tweaks, but at least they're trying. I mean, for decades, they didn't touch the rules. I mean, if you had a, uh, a codex that was two editions old, too bad. Sorry. Yeah. So at least they are trying, you know. The quality of the models and the, uh, the, the releases, the, the videos on, uh, on Warhammer TV, that's been great. Yeah, they have made some pretty awesome models, Age of Sigmar included. Some just awesome, awesome I um I like that they I like that they fixed the psychic phase and I no longer see an Eldar Seer council with a demon army picking up forty deny the witch <laughs> dice and having a two up rerollable invuln screamer star. I'm really happy there's no two up rerollable screamer star with forty Seer Council deny the witch and psychic dice. I'm they, really happy that's gone. They did fix psychic. That's so much you better. Know, all of I think six and seven. When was when was the bucket of psychic dice? Just seventh or six and seventh? It was six and seventh. Six and seventh. I just didn't play psychers. I just didn't, and I hated playing against psychers because counting dice. Uh, yeah, it was bullshit. So I'm glad they fixed that as well. I mean, you definitely have to talk. We they are reacting to the fact at least they have facts. There are facts that didn't happen before. You didn't have this, okay, this is stupid broken, but this is going to sit around forever. You know, after you wait for about March and what, October, and then you're going to see something totally change. You're like, oh, guess I'm not abusing that thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, and they are forcing, they are forcing the meta to change over time. Yeah. I, I started playing at the tail end of third. 
way back. And I have to say, GW as a company around third and fourth was pretty cool, and they supported the community. Fifth, sixth, seventh, it's like they just quit caring about us. And from what I've seen with eighth, it looks like they care about us again. And that's what I've liked seeing as a company that it feels like they're actually listening and involving the the players, you know. So that's that's a plus. Um, any other positives? Uh... Honey, the dishwasher's acting up again. Not again. I guess I'll have to work on it. No, not this time. My friend Janice just told me that joining the Pimpron Dynasty on Patreon fixed her hot water heater in only 30 minutes. Simply go to Patreon and pledge money to the almighty Cron, and all your plumbing troubles will disappear. Pledge to Pimpron when you're at your home, but if it's plumbing trouble, then you're on your own. Support the Pimpron! Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. Hello, boys and girls. This is Real Talk with the Pimp Cron. And today, the Pimp Cron today is joined by our local store owner for Warhammer and Games and Comics. His name is JD, and this is the Phoenix Rising Games and Comics store. Say hello. Hello, Scott. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So we wanted to do like kind of like a vagina monologues type thing. We're gonna do yeah, this. Uh, I'm into that. Yeah. Confessions of a game store owner. Yes. All right. So do you want to give a short bio as to who you are, what you are, what you're into sexually? Yes. Uh, my name is JD Wilkins. Um, I uh, lived in the area my whole life. The store opened six years ago uh, on Black Friday, actually. Oh. So I guess the date is probably different, but still. Six years ago on Black Friday. Uh, I was not the original owner. The original owner, um, what's the term? Probably not safe for radio but uh, <laughs> or the podcast. Uh, he fell in love and moved to Japan with, oh. his, uh, with his girlfriend and uh, sold me the shop. I thought you were going to say fell in love with his sensei, but no. It's, you know, it's probably the first person that, you know... <laughs> Found him sexually attractive, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Grapple. Sorry if you hear the, the uh, uh, whatever your name was. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, so he sold you the store? Yeah, yeah. He sold me the store. Um, ever since then, I've, we've just been here. I mean, I've, I've been in the area. There was a store called, uh, I guess I shouldn't call yeah, the name. Yeah, you can't, you yeah, can't no, say the name. No problem, no problem. There was a store in the area when I was younger um, <laughs> that uh, you are somewhat familiar with as well. Store number um, two. Store number two. As per our previous two. episodes. And uh, that's where I kind of grew up and uh, gamed and met a lot of my friends. Um, and I just think it's really important for the area. Um, so as like a kid, a teenager, that's, you grew up with that store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, um, in high school, my uh, librarian uh, got me into magic because I used to be a little bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> oh. And uh, she kind of turned me on to magic and then I found the other store uh, and then that's where I met a lot of friends and kind of helped me stay out of trouble. So that's, uh, it's important to me. I think it's important for the community. So, so this here is, we are. this is kind of a passion of yours then everything it geeky. Would, right? It would, it would have to be. Yep. 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 Yeah. Cause this is like a, this is like a lifelong thing to, yeah. Yeah. To I, support the community, all the new mm -hmm. generations, the younger kids getting into things like magic and Warhammer. That is correct. Yes. And the, the new resurgence of D and D. That is Suddenly. off the charts, and everybody likes it. Even my daughter likes it. That's crazy. She comes and plays every Friday with her new group of friends. And uh, let me tell you, 
not just a dad talking. She's not an uggo, so you know. <laughs> so, you know. She could be doing other things with her Friday nights, but she'd rather be play- here playing D&D, so oh, I'm excited about that. Well, <laughs> I am really surprised in the resurgence of D&D. They say it's what, uh, a Stranger Things might be spawning that, personally? Uh, it, I mean, it's it was definitely before that, but Stranger Things has definitely turned people onto it, for sure. I mean, it, at least one, two, three people a week uh, will come in, reference Stranger Things, and talk about all Really? The- oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Just had it yesterday, actually. Wow. The guy brought his whole family in, bought two books because they were on sale for Black Friday. I don't, Sorry, I don't, know. I don't know what to do with my hands. So. <laughs> You're holding them near your face? Yeah. yeah. It's not even a camera. It's not, no. So, all right, well, let's talk about, uh, let's do some things like just the general business aspect of it mm-hmm. first. Sure. So, like, the, the main staples of a, cam- a comics and gaming store would be, like, D&D, Magic, Comics, Warhammer, uh, board games... They've, they've fallen off for sure, but they're, I mean, they're still definitely something that I'm passionate about, so. So, what would you say that uh, would be, what is the the foundation for your business as far as? It's magic. It's magic, the gathering, the card game is, is always going to be, and hopefully it'll last a lot longer, because it's the main reason that we're still open. I mean, there, huh. I mean everything added up would still probably keep us here, but we are allowed to do a lot. We are allotted a lot of other things that we can do because of magic. So that's crazy. It's, I mean, people like literally will come in for on vacations from everywhere. They'll call the day before to make sure we're going to have tournaments. Uh, so I mean, vacation. We we're, we're right close to Salisbury. Or sorry, we are in Salisbury. We're close to Ocean City, Maryland. Mm-hmm. So all summer we have people coming in from out of town um, to Just- come and play magic. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. of course, magic or uh, was it wizards? Wizards, Wizards of the Coast. Of the Coast so yes. they support it too with Friday Night Magic, right? Aren't there prizes and things for that too? Yeah, yeah. They give us uh, free like full full art uh, foil promos and stuff. They just give out to people. Uh-huh. Um, and they're, I mean, I I honestly don't even remember what the number is right off the top of my head, but I think it's five per tournament. So at least five people get those. And then we also do uh, additional pack prizes as well. So, so so is that the only thing that's supported? I guess HeroClix also. Uh, HeroClix HeroClix sells kits they do not furnish kits for us and that's kind of like gw right gw sells like same yeah, yeah. kill team kits mm-hmm. yep okay yep. the the gw kits are more pricey but they also have a lot more stuff in them oh. uh the hero clicks kits are minimal and well they're cheap but they're they're minimal that's, that's yeah. what it is so so you say magic is definitely your foundation of, Ma- of everything for, magic is for sure um Magic singles mainly and supplies. The the booster packs don't really make a lot of money for us. They're, really? They're mainly just to kind of get cards in people's hands, get them excited about opening packs, which everybody who's ever touched a Magic pack or any sort of TCG pack knows it is exciting to open packs of, of cards. So Yeah, and you don't um, know what you'll get. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just exciting. I mean, So you, know. you say singles is the biggest thing. So For sure, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we constantly see people sorting through... You know, drawers and drawers, drawers of singles. And drawers and of singles, yep. And mm-hmm. I often wondered, how on earth is that worth your time? But it must be, clearly. Because well, the, I mean, the, the nature of this business is, is, like, there's not, like, the majority of what you're doing is talking to people, uh, trying to explain games to them one way or the other. And then when there's downtime, when there's few customers in here, you sort cards or clean, and that's it. I mean, there, there, that's... That's what it is. I mean, there's a pretty good profit margin on singles. So, so it's a primarily social job. 
right? Oh yeah, I mean for most sure. of what it's, you do is it's it's a I mean it's a service. I mean it's you're selling stuff, but you're also like I always look at my job as trying to some in some way facilitate the community so that people feel comfortable here. Now that's interesting because yeah. consider c- compare that to any other retail store, right? TJ Maxx or Walmart right. or or a pet store mm-hmm. or any of that, they're not trying to make a, a relationship with their customers. They're no, just like, hey, no. buy our shit and get out. Yep, yep. So it's interesting that you guys would have that attitude towards things because you're trying to like uh, foment like a community, you yeah. know, versus just, hey, buy our shit and get out. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, yeah. I, I've always kind of, I mean, I've worked retail most of my life uh, and I've always kind of felt that way, but it, I mean, even more so here because not only is the store stronger because of communities, the community uh, can grow and more people can get into it. And it's, there's no downside to facil- facilitating communities. So, um, plus I like doing it because talking to people is fun. It's, it's what you're into. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, you've always been into nerdy stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a giant lazy piece of shit. So anything <laughs> I can do to not work hard uh, <laughs> is, go. you know, that's my dream. So, you know. All right. Well, um, <laughs> so, you know, as a Warhammer player, we, we pay so much money in Warhammer, and, and the prices for everything is so high. I would expect Warhammer, now we don't have a huge community. We, mm-hmm. we have like probably 15 total people in our Warhammer community. Right. Um, but you would think that that would have a bigger impact, but probably not because Magic is like a billion microtransactions, right? Yeah, that's it's, how that it's works. constant. It's constant. Yeah. yeah, and most of the money is like, um, you know, people will, will buy a deck, and it happens all the time. People will, will buy a deck of cards, play it for a month, get tired of it, trade it in at a lower rate, which is kind of like part of the lifeblood of yeah. of a store like this, uh, to, tr- to just get store credit to get other cards. And it just is constantly going until finally you've accumulated a giant mass of cards and now you also have things to sell whether it be on the internet or to, to we try to keep most of our cards in the community so uh, we That's don't cool. do too many in- online sales but so. so clearly there are shenanigans that must happen with running a store like do you have any stories of some real asshole customers because i mean pretty pretty consistently yeah um there's i mean there's there's constantly people come in all the time and tell us what we should and shouldn't carry like Where's all your manga? And I'm like, <laughs> like, well, we carried it for two years and literally didn't sell one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, so we just stopped carrying them. And they tell us we should carry that all the time. People come in and tell us we should carry video games all the time. Sure. Why don't you carry games like GameStop? I want to trade you my PS4 for some magic cards. What? No. We're good. I mean, I've heard of diversification, but you can't sell it. Like, you should sell lawnmowers, dude, because I would turn <laughs> mine in. Like... Yeah, I'm really into ratchet sets, so I, I'm going to start carrying those at the next year's Black Friday sale. Um, so yeah. y- you frequently have like a uh, a bathroom uh, war going oh, on, yeah. don't you? That's an excellent. I'm glad you brought that up, Pimp Cron. Uh, see, I'm already better than uh, whatever. I don't know what's just what's, James. Just James. Well, okay, you mean yeah. Lord Master Alex? Yeah, Lord Master Alex is usually the one that calls me by my real name. Okay, okay. and I'm like, stop. You got it, yeah. Cron. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, when we first opened, I kind of had the mentality of if you had to go to the bathroom, a lot of places in the shopping center that we're in don't allow regular, don't 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 have a public bathroom. Uh-huh. So I've just been kind of letting people use it for years and years. And uh, let me tell you, over the past like 18 months, there have been so many clogged toilets, 
like I mean, like literally, like somebody took like they had. It looked like they wiped their ass and just put the toilet paper on the ground. <laughs> nice. Like it was just on there. One day nice. there was there was shit on the toilet seat. Uh-huh. I don't know how that happens. Nice. I don't understand that. Um, and then we actually uh, the thing that kind of drew the line for me was uh, we st- <laughs> toilet paper started going missing. People oh were my God. people were taking toilet paper out of the bathroom, and the reason I know that is because uh, one of my employees had bought toilet paper on Friday night, and it was gone Sunday night when I came in. So I went oh to or sorry Monday morning. So I had gone. Did I, did I do it again? Sorry. Yeah, you keep hitting the table. That's I'm just fine. gonna put my hands right here and That's stop fine. touching the table. Um, so I went back to Sands Club and I bought like a giant like 64 pack of toilet paper. And I think it was gone in three weeks. Oh my god! And nobody shits that much. Not even, like <laughs> even if I only shit here all the time, I would I wouldn't use that much. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a prominent pooper, ladies that's, and gents. So. That's crazy. They would steal toilet paper. Yeah. So that's now, like a new low. That's. I mean. I guess, man. I mean. Did I you guess check? Ta- did you times check the, was tough, you know. Did you check know. the back tank behind the toilet? They might have stolen the I, water too. I did you not check. I did not check. They're filling that. their water bottle. Um, <laughs> does honey's not cheap? No, and sp- no. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. I'm no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, yeah, but I, it actually drove me to the. I've started looking around for um, uh, like a locking cabinet to put uh, either like attached to the wall or just like a self-standing yeah. cabinet because I can't like I honestly can't keep anything in there now. I'm uh, like I'm not. It's not like it's gonna make me go broke because they're stealing toilet paper and paper towels or whatever, but. Now, also, I'd much rather it not happen. Without so. naming any names, mm-hmm. you yep. know that at least one of your neighbors specifically sends their customers over to you. Oh yeah, and yeah. doesn't allow their customers to use their bathroom. There, there's another. I can't say too much. And the, the, suffice it to say that they have gatherings on. I, I believe it was Wednesday nights for a while, and uh, we had noticed there were like when they had first opened, there was a pretty consistent trickling of people we had never seen before uh-huh. and they would come in i think four or five you know wednesdays in a row and i f- started talking to them and it turns out that the owner of this other store was telling them that they did not have a bathroom which i know is a lie because i almost rented that building um and uh was telling them that, that we could we would take them so i eventually just had to put a sign on the door that said out of order and lock it because did you cr- What's that? Good, Did you ever think for five seconds when start <laughs> taking over this business that you would worry so much about bathroom privilege? I, you know, I I don't think I had ever thought about a bathroom before that. I was just kind of like pretty nonchalant about uh, everything to do with bathrooms. But uh, yeah, I, I had no idea. That's it's crazy that all the little tiny things you have to constantly worry about. Now, what about what about your other neighbor where people always think that you're part of them? Oh yeah, the we're right next to a pet store in Salisbury. Um, and I I would say at, on average, once a day, we have somebody open the door, stop and go, whoop, which means immediately we know that they think that they're, they had just opened the door to the pet store. Um, that's weird because just, just. You have big windows it's not, in the front yeah, of your store, it's right? It's not even remotely close. And you have I a lit up understand. sign that says Phoenix Rising Games. A, a lit up sign. We have a and, giant decal. And you've got posters of like DC superheroes, Avengers, and, everything. And you can see into your store, which oh, is yeah. rows of comic books oh, yeah. and yeah. board games. And on top of that, Scott, no livestock. Pimpcron, Pimpcron. Sorry, uh-huh. I am Alexing it up over here. Sorry. <laughs> um, on top of that, We've actually had two occasions where people walked all the way to the counter 
and waited in line to ask where we had certain animals. Oh, my God. One was an older gentleman uh, with a Vietnam War hat on, and I, let me tell you, I, I felt really bad for him, but I, I walked him over to the to the pet store because I felt bad that he waited. He probably waited about eight minutes to talk to somebody, and all he wanted to know was where the fish market was. So. Oh, God. Where, I see where all these manuals on the wall. Yeah, I, I guess everything looks like All I could find was an Aquaman, but I couldn't find a... <laughs> Oh, man. You're he thought fully... our t- he thought our terrain was all aquarium yeah. terrain. So. <laughs> People are dumb. Yeah, I'm just saying the general population. Well, he is... probably he was pretty like yeah. he, he was up there in years, so he probably just couldn't see very well, and which is why I was polite to him. I'm, 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 I don't I try think to be... I've ever been that. Uh, unaware of my surroundings, you, like you never know what people are going no, through. Of course, I, he's probably yeah old. But. Yeah, he well like and, and like I I can't help but think like he's older. He might be on some sort of pain meds. Yeah, foggy. You know, you know. Sometimes crack? you take he. Well, he probably was not on crack, <laughs> judging by his demeanor. But I don't know. Just but saying. you do never know. I've known yeah. a, a couple of people who went down that uh, down that road. Blaze it. Yeah. yeah. So if we go back to the business aspect of it, um. Do you know when I was a little kid, I was huge into comic books before I ever did Hero Clicks or Magic or Crystal Meth, sure, or any of that. Before I did any of that, it was yeah. um, comic books, and yeah, I was yeah. a huge Spider Man fan. I used to go all the time to the local comic book store mm-hmm. and just pick up singles or whatever as a kid, right? Right, right. Do people still do that with digital comics, trade paperbacks? All that? do people still just come in and pick up comic books? Yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely um. Less people, but there's definitely still diehards. We have uh, we have a couple guys that get every Marvel title. Um, what? Yeah, they subscribe. We have like subscription services, and they get Holy every shit. Marvel title. Um, so th- those are like you know the exception. Um, I would assume we so. But we, I mean, we have like a hundred subscribers, over a hundred subscribers. So we wow. have constantly, you know, we're pulling books and they're coming in. Um, but I mean, yeah, people bring their kids in all the time. Uh, Christmas. It's a it's a weird like to me. It's weird to give comics as a Christmas present. But there's that's a pretty big thing. Like they just fold them up and put them in stockings and stuff like that. So. I don't know. My my kids read a lot, as you know. Yeah. yeah. And I just fi- found like a I was cleaning out my bedroom. And I just found some random comics that I didn't want to keep. <laughs> Handed them to my son, and he could have not been more oh, thrilled. Yeah. Like oh, he just man. he lays in his bed at night and just reads with his light. Like yeah. He's, oh yeah. And these were five random comics not associated <laughs> with each other. Like, oh, here's 1997 X Factor, and like it's part two, part two right, of the right. story. Part two, like, yeah. Well, he fills yeah. in the story. That yeah, kid, it's like you're. What, what's his name on the? A uh, Cron Junior. Cron Junior. Cron yeah. Junior is so creative. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, there's. A, this is kind of a two part story, um, but I was in here with one of my employees one day, and this uh, this guy had been coming in for a while, like on a random Saturday here or there. And I had noticed that he kind of smelled like alcohol. So I just assumed he was a homeless dude or something, which is probably pretty rude of me. But either way, he kind of looked kind of like he was a homeless guy. Uh, disheveled and He was disheveled. Yeah. He was, you know, mumbly. Was it Was he, it just James? It was not just James. Oh, okay. He did not quite look that Amish. But uh, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the guy would come in and, like, I always try to be polite to everybody, uh, specifically people who I know or think are down on their luck. So I never said anything to him and kind of let him hang around. Um, and then one day he comes in, he's got, a, a like, a whole, like, sports duffel bag. And I don't think anything of it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, the homeless guy's got his, his duffel bag with him. That's, like, all of his life Is possessions. It? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, oh, ain't you about to find out, my Is friend. Is it moving day? <laughs> 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 he, 
he had to take the essentials with him to the, to the comic book store. So so he comes in, he's walking around for a couple of minutes, and uh, he sits the bag down kind of abruptly. And I don't notice it, but my employee, uh, he, he's like, he, he calls me over and he's like, hey, JD. And I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? He goes, I don't know what's going on, but I think there's something in that guy's bag. And like immediately, I, like I felt like he was trying to say that the guy might have had a bomb in there or something. Uh-huh. So I'm like kind of freaking out. So I like go around the corner, and the bag is making this noise, but it's not like a tick tock tick tock. It's more like a, like a, like a vigorous shaking sound, <laughs> like and, a brrr. <laughs> specifically, <laughs> specifically. And uh, I kind of nudge the bag with my foot, and it was full of sex toys, female specific sex toys. Wow. And more than one of them had turned on when he dropped the bag abruptly. So. I didn't freak out. I kind of giggled a little bit because, you know, to each their own. Yeah. <laughs> He's try, trying to make that money. And, <laughs> and there were no other people in the store. So oh. until the point where there was somebody else in the store, I just kind of let him walk around. And he, and he left, and there was absolutely no incident. Um, but they have a whole bag of dillos? Uh, it was, I mean, there were cords all over the place. The bag was open? Uh, it was It was kind of open, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that guy was just going to a party, basically. That's what he was... Well, he had already been drinking, clearly, so... um, But then, so, like, he... So he left that day, and he would come back in, you know, occasionally. And he came in one day, and he was... Like, I was kind of busy, so I wasn't, like, super paying attention to him. And I thought for a second that it looked like he might have put something in his pocket. So I I stopped for a second, and I said, Hey, man, is there anything I can help you with? And he kind of mumbled something, and I was like... Okay, man, well, if you do need anything, just let me know. I'll be right over here. And I went on, and, and I was pulling magic cards for another person. <clears throat> and uh, and he asked me a question, and I answered it. And then, like, 30 seconds later, he asked me a, almost the same exact question, and I answered it again. And the third time he asked me, I was busy, so I just ignored him because it was starting to aggravate me. I was, you know. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm quite a sweaty monster of a human being so uh i get uncomfortable when it's warm out and it was the middle of the summer uh and i'm sweating profusely pulling cards like you know everybody's magic cards are now water damaged because jd has touched them (laughs) and uh so so the guy said something else and i turned around and uh and i said listen man i don't have time to answer the same question a bunch of times which is probably i probably shouldn't have said that but you're cranky but i was cranky and you know it was shitty of me but you know so be it I thought the guy would just, you know, would calm down or something. So he turns around and he said, I couldn't quite hear him exactly what he said, but he said, back in my day, something. So I turned around and I said, I was like, at this point, I was pretty angry. And I said, excuse me? And he said, oh, nothing. And then it like, it clicked in my head. What he said was, back in my day, we would talk to people like men. (laughs) And I kind of looked at him and I said, that's it, man. I've had enough of your shit. Get out. And he kind of stood there and looked at me. And I said, okay, and I took my glasses off and started to walk around the corner. And as soon as I did, I, he, he left the store, and he, he never came back. Leave the trail of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> he had dildos all in the cuffs of his <laughs> pants. It was really weird. It was like he just came from a bachelor party, I don't know, or a bachelorette party, I guess. He threw a penis confetti at you. He's probably a stripper. Oh, yeah. That's why. He, well, it actually turns out I couldn't understand him. He was mumbling because he had a bunch of penis gummies <laughs> in his mouth. So Good old penis gummies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about sweet and sour. That's right. Like a like a, a thief in D and D will throw down barbarians. He's like, I gotta make my getaway. Just throws a bunch of dildos. Old oh, dildo caltrops. 
where you go slip and slide. Oh my god, that's fantastic! It was like someone standing on a log. You know how they try to. <laughs> oh, he, and you know he had a bottle of lube in there too, so oh, he's man. probably squirting it all over the place. Oh man, slip slide. I wonder what Thanksgiving dinner at his house is like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get brutal. Guess what time it is, boys and girls. It's time for Let's Get Brutal with the Pimp Cron, where we discuss my free rules, use your own models, RPG light skirmish war game called Brutality Skirmish War Game. You can join our group on Facebook in the show notes. Currently, we're discussing the first supplement, which uh, greatly expands a section of the map in Brutality, the Aether Realm. It's actually quite a small portion of the map. I would say it's maybe, I don't know, 5%, uh, 1/20th of the map, and that actually includes um, four different biomes. These all have rules for you to play in, and they really will enhance a campaign if you're playing in a campaign. So we are currently, we've already covered the blur, and we're currently discussing the Ashlands. And we have discussed the overview of the Ashlands, so now we're going to go into the actual people that live in the Ashlands called Ashers. So this region features few towns and settlements that do not have an allegiance to a particular faction. You'll find very few towns of Narrows, which uh, if you will remember the jargon of this game, Narrows are people that have decided to try to stay on the straight and narrow. So sometimes they will bundle up into towns, and these towns are actually of good and decent people who are not out to rape, murder, pillage, and torture. So you will find very few towns of Narrows who are just trying to live and mind their own business in this region. This is a very harsh land, and farming is nearly non-existent. But anyone who calls this place home is called an Asher, primarily due to the dark, ashy lines on their face from dust blown. If you recall from our previous episode, it's all very dry and flaky and ashy here with all the volcanic uh, activity. This bi biome is home to a great many flame-based races, magics, and cults. The Eternal Flame, Order of the Sun, the Meltors, and Disciples of Nusku, which was a Babylonian fire god, are some of the larger groups that call this place home, but there are many more. Being that they specialize in fire, heat, or lava use, they are drawn to this area for obvious reasons. There is said to be a magma forge inside a volcano in this region, but it is a secret. Magma-forged items seem to originate from this region and are one of the only marketable things to come from here. Who exactly forges these weapons and armor remains a mystery, though. Among the groups that live here is a large Collegium Carnis stronghold. They use the, the geothermal energy to power insidious machines and factories of the flesh. Their influence here cannot be ignored, and they are at odds with nearly every other faction in this area. Um, this is also because of this, the low population in this area. The Collegium Carnis are kind of left alone, more or less, to do their nefarious things. As far as the plants in this area, the most prominent plant in this land is the dead-looking trees called sticks. They are the normal size and shape of a deciduous tree, but have no foliage and produce no fruit. Their roots convert heat energy and use it to grow and thrive. Their sap has a number of uses, but most notably as a glue. There are not many bushes or undergrowth in this place, where, with meat being the only real food source. Of course, you can't eat the trees. Another interesting issue with this area 
is that the only marketable resource in this place are called tinder jewels, bright orange or red gems that grow as big as a foot long in some cases. They can be mined from the ground and sold to magic users or technologists that require fine crystals for focusing energy, signals, or beams. Which, of course, that would interest the Colgite Matrix, which is the largest group of androids and robots all banded together, because nearly all of them have learned how to use frequency and crystals as an eternal power source. Even if they didn't have that type of technology in their home dimension, they find it in the ether realm because, you know, they're all collaborating with their technology. Finally, the creatures that live in the Ashlands. The animals tend to be small in this area, and most of them are reptiles in nature. Their meat is stringy, and for some reason most of them have a certain orange flavor that has no explanation. So they taste like oranges. And, um... Chemlicks are small but intelligent gremlin creatures known for stealing valuables and hoarding them in their burrows. Neetzi wasps are the size of squirrels, and their sting injects acid. They make their nests just under the surface, and they can melt a man with their acid within minutes if he steps into their nest. Kubits are small four-legged creatures that keep ash dry in their anal sacs to blow out attackers, blinding them and causing a dust cloud diversion for escape. Isn't that exciting? They fart dust at you. The most feared creature is the Black Mingo Snake, which can reach lengths of 20 feet and is highly intelligent for a blank animal. They have been known to use lesser animals as their pets for baiting and setting traps for prey. If you recall, once again, the jargon of this game, that blanks are, you know, everybody that is a sentient person in this land will die and keep reincarnating and dying and reincarnating, but blanks are just the regular fauna that inhabit this dimension, and they have supposedly been also plucked from other dimensions, but they have a regular life cycle. So they, you know, they eat, sleep, breed, live, die, whatever. If you kill them, then they actually stay dead. They don't reincarnate like the sentient people do. So you can kind of think of uh, the blanks as kind of NPCs, except they do have permanent death, and if this were a game, and the sentient people in this realm are more like the PCs. Um, so for their, the Black Mingo Snake is highly intelligent for a blank animal. They do not reincarnate, but they're super smart. And that is uh, the wrap-up of the Ashlands. We have two more regions in the Wastes, but we're not covering that tonight. So thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I truly do appreciate it, and I really enjoy making it. And why don't you head over to Facebook and join our Brutality group for all the free rolls and pictures and good old-fashioned conversation. Later, people. <laughs>